Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, I need to unpress our pause button because this morning I had to find a place to pause. I couldn't stop. I just paused it. And then we're going to unpause from what we've been ministering because I believe this is something that God is stirring in us and, and strengthening in us. And I do want to encourage you, if you have not uh, uh, been able to tune in to the message this morning and last Sunday morning. Part one was the previous Sunday morning and part two was this Sunday morning. And so this will be a continuation of answers from heaven. Answers from heaven. And we've already covered a lot of ground. And I'm going to try not to to recapitulate any of the things that we've already covered. I want to just unpause us and pick up Uh, at James chapter 5. James chapter 5. We've talked about God hearing us and the the specific emphasis that it gives to the prayers of God's people. Uh, Specifically, how the prayers of God are at the throne of God. That we saw in the book of Revelation chapter 5 that those prayers come up Uh, like incense uh, on the golden altar right in front of God's throne, coming right up to Him where He he is is receiving those. We saw uh, from Cornelius in the book of Acts chapter 10 that the, the prayers of Cornelius came up as a memorial or anything that serves to keep it in memory. So it was something that those prayers kept in God's Memory, not that God is forgetful, but it is continually just coming up before His face. And our focus for this teaching is not necessarily the prayer of faith, although there may be times that it could be applied in the prayer of faith. But Ephesians 6 says that we are to be praying always with all prayer and supplication and watching in that prayer. Uh, that when it says all prayer, one translation says all types of prayer. Another translation says all kinds of prayer. Well, the prayer of faith is a prayer that the believer is probably more, uh, um, most often applying because there are things that we need in our daily life. Every day is faith day. Things we need in our daily life that need to be accessed. They're in our covenant. They belong to us. They're in our our spiritual account. And to access them, we use the the, the prayer of faith to access what is already there. And yet there are other things that God will have us praying for in intercession, in supplications, uh, other things that He will have us praying for, and they will all need our faith. So faith can be in every prayer, but not every prayer will necessarily be the prayer of faith. The object of it is, is more of what you could identify. What is the, 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 the working of this prayer? So again, the prayer of faith 
is, is going to be used when there is something that is already outlined in the covenant that belongs to me. Healing. The prayer of faith is always applicable for healing. The prayer of faith is always applicable for uh, financial supply. The prayer of faith is always applicable for wisdom, for, for all of the things that are ours by covenant. I'm going, to, I'm going to use my faith and I'm going to believe it and receive it. And then from that point, I know I have it, so I'm going to rejoice until the manifestation of that thing which I have believed and already received in the prayer of faith. Yet there are other prayers, other times in our prayer life that we are going to be dealing with things. And let me give you an accurate example. When you're dealing with somebody else's salvation, it's not the same as you grabbing hold of something that's yours by covenant, although there is a promise to the parent for the child's salvation. But because God is dealing with that person, because God is ministering to that person, opening doors for the gospel to be preached to them, sending laborers across their path, doing the things necessary to help open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to the light, our prayers are helpful to open the door and make available to God those opportunities. And so this morning we spent a lot of time dealing with the fact that God has, dis- God has delegated to you and I, the righteous on the planet, the, the people of God on the earth. He's delegated authority to us. And there are things that God can't do. I know that goes crosswise against somebody's thinking. God can't do There are things God has set up and chosen not to do that way. Let me say it that way. There are things that God has chosen. I have delegated authority. So I cannot righteously go against the authority that I've delegated and and, uh, um, do it a different way because God is just. He's just. So this will help us because then... If there is something that he put in my camp, in my responsibility, it's under my control, it would be inappropriate for me to wait on him to do something that he is waiting on me to do, that he has delegated to me. Hallelujah. So when we are dealing, and and, you know, I I wrote a book called uh, uh, Intervention Prayers. And it's, it's based on the concept of intercession, but it's also with more of, an, of a, a focus of we are intervening in the spirit realm. We are intervening in a way. And, and the purpose of that book was because I had so many people who would come to me after hearing my testimony. And they would say, please pray for my son, for my daughter. They're in drugs. They're dealing with this. And because things in my testimony corresponded with things going on in their loved one's life. And they, when they would tell me, it would be in fear. It would be in frustration. It, that you could hear yeah. they're overwhelmed with, with the, what they see passing in that person's life, what they see that person doing, what they see in their decisions, and they're losing weight, they got marks on their arms, they're hanging with gangbangers, they're doing this, they're doing that, and they were so overwhelmed that I began to recognize 
They can't even, how, how, they got to dig through all of that fear to be able to pray a prayer. Amen. They're not going to be able to pray a prayer effectively. And, and they were so confused about how, because, you know, when, when your child is dealing with something like that, and, and I'll tell you from my own experience, having had my children walk through some things, there's a shame that comes on you because you think, where did I fail as a parent? What happened? You know, where, where did I miss it? And, and then you, you, it's almost like you alienate yourself from the people who could get in prayer and agree with you because you don't want to tell them what you're going on in your family. Tell them how bad it is. And then if you do try to tell somebody, you can't tell it in a way that doesn't uh, speak unbelief because you start talking. So it just becomes a big ball of frustration in that person. And, and I'll just say like the scripture says in another area, these things ought not be <laughs> in the lives of believers. We shouldn't be all, all tied up in the frustration of that situation so that we can't even get a hold of the answer to go before God to know how to pray right. God wants us to be able to, to clear the way from the shame and remove that shame. Wait a minute. Uh, listen, listen. God had Adam and Jesus had, uh, 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 um, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> That's him. Judas. God had Adam and Jesus had Judas. Does that mean God was a bad father because of Adam's decision? No. Does that mean Jesus was a bad leader, a bad, a, a bad Lord because of Judas's decisions? No, people have a will. So when we're praying, we've got to learn how to stay in faith about the promise we have as a parent. In the fact that God said, me and my children, me and my household, that great shall be the peace of my children, and my children shall be taught disciples of the Lord. God said that to me. That's my inheritance, to have my children saved. It's under the blessing to have my children saved. It is something that God desires, and He, he gave it to me in the form of a promise. Hallelujah. So how do I stay in faith while God's dealing with them because he has to help them see his love. He has to uh, continually demonstrate his goodness to them until they come to the point of decision. Hallelujah. And he will. God is long-suffering. You have not met somebody long-suffering like the Lord. You may think God has given up on them, but honey, I'm telling you, honey, child, let me tell you tonight, God is long-suffering. They can run, but they can't outrun the love of God. But my prayers keep bringing that open door. My prayers, and it's not the prayer of faith that I pray one time and I never pray it again and I just move over into thanksgiving. I, it is an intercession where I am praying, not necessarily the same thing, but I'm coming before the Lord and I'm picking up my prayer cues from the Holy Spirit as to how He would have me pray today in that situation. Because one day He may begin to ask you to pull down the stronghold of unbelief 
that, that your child might have picked up in college or that, that he picked up in, in, in a certain relationship or something. Or he might tell you to begin to pray for laborers to begin moving across that person's path yeah. or to pray for a job change. Yeah. Now, you may, and you'll be like, Lord, you're a genius <laughs> because God knows the way to their heart. He knows the way to their heart. So we cannot allow what we see in their decisions and what we see unfolding in their life to get in and cloud our praying. We need to let the Word of God keep us clear uh, to hear from God and to pray effectively. So that's the kind of prayers that I'm... That's the difference between what I, I want us to recognize with the prayer of faith and, and these other types of prayings that God is... is desiring for his adult children to minister in the spirit for him and to him. He needs somebody to ask. He needs somebody to ask. Hallelujah. And so James chapter 5, are you there yet? I've given you enough time to find it, haven't I? I'm not rushing you tonight, am I, brother? Amen. James chapter 5, let's begin in verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Pray one for another. So he's just identified the prayer of faith being prayed by leaders in the church, by strong representatives from the church for someone who has encountered a sickness that has debilitated their own faith to the point that they need to call and ask for the faith of their church family to come to their aid. And so in this he says, the prayer of faith shall save. And again, let's identify the word save. We talked about it this morning. In the Greek and in the Hebrew, it is a word that means rescue. It is a word that means uh, liberate. It is a word that means deliver. It is a word that means prosper. It's a word that means heal. So all of these are encapsulated in the definition of the word save. So when God saves us, it's not just our being born again. That's part of our salvation. But our salvation is a continual rescue in our life, a, a liberation, liberating us from anything that would try to hold us into bondage. Amen. And so it says the prayer of faith shall heal the sick or save the sick. Mm -hmm. The prayer... A faith can do that. And then he says, pray one for another that you may be healed. Pray one for another that you may be healed. So this praying for each other, he then says, why? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Weiss translation says, a prayer of a righteous person is able to do much as it operates. It's able to do much 
Now, I have to admit to you, when I first got saved, I didn't think my prayer was very much because I didn't know who I was and I didn't know the plan of God and I didn't know this delegated authority. And I thought, what does it matter if I pray? Who am I? (laughs) But as I've grown, I've recognized God just needs an open door. He needs someone to pray. He needs someone to lift their voice and grant him access into that situation. So when you do that, it is able to do much. If you don't do that, if you don't pray, then there is power that's not being made available that could be made available. The um, Young's Living translation says, Very strong is a working supplication of a righteous man. Very strong is a working supplication of a righteous man. Now the word supplication, we see it a lot where prayer is identified. And it means a prayer that your entire being is connected to. A prayer that you can feel in your toes when you pray it. I mean, your, your, whole, your whole being. Not just the physical part of it, but that you desire this. You want it. You're supplicating at, with your whole heart. And so if you were to identify your prayers from cold to hot, this is one that is red hot. This is one that is full of strength and full of yearning. There's a yearning in that supplication. I desire this, Father. I desire it. So he says, very strong is a working supplication of a righteous man. The Moffat translation says, the prayer of a righteous man has a powerful effect. You have to believe this. Amen. You have to believe this. Your prayers have effect about what's going on in your family. Your prayers has effect of what's going on in your church family. Every believer needs to be bringing our faith in prayer to our church family. Hallelujah. Because we can bring power and make it available. We can bring a spiritual supply in our prayer. And the Amplified, of course, is one that's uh, uh, one of my favorite. It says, the prayer of a righteous makes tremendous power available, dynamic. And that word dynamic is uh, akin to the word dynamite. Mm -hmm. The, The prayer of a righteous person makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working dynamic in its working so that's the prayer that we want to bring to the plans of God that's what we want to bring to what God wants to do in our family what God wants to do in our personal lives yes but not limited to our personal life we want to bring that same yearning and that same dynamic working to what God is doing in the world in our church family in our city So, uh, continuing, the Holy Spirit gives us an example. And he, he gives this example of Elijah. He says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was a man called of God, anointed of God, just like you as a believer. You're called of God, you're anointed of God. 
Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And guess what happened? It rained not. It, it, three years? Did, does your Bible say three years, Pastor Larry? Let me check. Make sure. Did it, mine says three years. Have mercy. Yours says it too. Does yours say that too? Three years? My cameramen are just like, where'd she go? <laughs> three years? A man called of God, praying God's purpose. Why did he pray that it would not rain? Because God didn't want it to rain. God didn't want it to rain, and he prayed that it would not rain. He went and told Ahab it wasn't going to rain till he said it would rain. And then he prayed it. So he declared it, but he didn't just say it. He prayed it. He asked God. God told him, go tell Ahab it's not going to rain till you say. But the Bible says he prayed to God to stop the rain for three years. So there are things that are the will of God, but God needs our asking on the earth to be able to have that legal entry, that legal access into that situation. Hallelujah. And then it says, He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. He prayed again. So there were things that were being stopped because of his prayer and things that were being started because of his prayer. Do you remember Joshua in the middle of the battle and the sun began to go down? And he said, Lord, if the sun goes down, we will be at a disadvantage because our enemy knows this territory and we don't. Mm -hmm. So he prayed to God. He spoke to the sun and the moon not to move, which we know means the earth had to stop. And it says God hearkened to the voice of a man. God hearkened to the voice of a man. He just needed... I mean... This wasn't even something God said, just talk to the sun. Just talk to... No, he, he said, Woo, look at Joshua's faith. He's been meditating in my word day and night. Yeah, yeah. I told him if he meditated in my word day and night, he would cause his way to be prosperous. And David or Joshua is saying, I need us to prosper in this battle. I need us to have the advantage in this. He wasn't asking God to give him a, 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 to wipe out the enemy, wouldn't it that have been easier? Wouldn't it yeah. God just send a hailstone and let it only hit the enemy? You know, God, let the angels just wipe them out. He didn't even ask that. He asked something that is even so far out there. Son, stand still. Moon, don't you move. I need everything to stand still till we win. God hearkened to the voice of a man. He, he hears our cry. His ears are open to the cry of the righteous. So this is why we need to know what God wants, what God is doing, what He wills, 
what he is is wanting us to call out for to cry out for because yes there are things that we are going if we have a need if we have something attack our life if we have something come up in our family we definitely want to uh, cry out to the Lord call upon him begin to pray for that situation but there are other situations of things that God wants done we want to bring our faith to that as well and I have a, a, a wonderful example. There was a man named Charles Finney, uh, who it was a great man of faith and one of the pioneers uh, in, uh, in, in the, a revival that, that shook uh, the body of Christ. And this is something that he said that always uh, impacts me. He said, I have had some experiences in prayer that indeed alarmed me. He said, I have had some experiences in prayer that indeed alarmed me. I have found myself saying to the Lord, Lord, you don't think we're not going to have revival here, do you? <laughs> he said it shocked him when he said it. It alarmed him when he prayed that. Lord, you don't think we're not going to have revival here, do you? That he moved over into a place in prayer of being able to present his case to the Lord, that he became bold in that declaration, Lord, you don't think we're not going to have revival here. Then he said, I found myself quoting scripture after scripture to the Lord, putting him in remembrance of all that he said concerning revival and prayer. Amen. Now, there was a time that the children of Israel, and you know, God was very patient with them. Time after time, he gave them opportunity in the wilderness. And time after time, they griped and they complained and they said, God's brought us out here to die. And they were always uh, uh, just uh, uh, going against what God had said. And at one point, um, God said, Moses, move over. I'm just going to wipe them all out and I'll start over with you. And Moses knew that's not what God wants in this situation. I'm going to speak uh, to God. And he began to talk to the Lord and said, Lord, you don't want the enemies to hear that, <laughs> that, that you had to wipe them out. And he, he, he began to pray for the people and God turned. Amen. Abraham, when God came down, God said, I'm going to go tell my friend Abraham about what I'm going to do in Sodom and Gomorrah because he's my righteous friend. And so he comes to him and when he hears, when Abraham hears what God is going to do, he says, Lord, can I ask you, if you could find 50 righteous in the city, would you spare the city? So he's interceding for an ungodly city on the basis of the righteous, but he, he knows it's God's desire to show mercy. The city is, is in a position where judgment is necessary, but God, if I ask him, open the door for mercy. Amen. And God said, if I find 50, I'll, I'll spare the city for the 50. And then he takes him on down. He goes through that number. He brings them on down. I think it was to 10, where he got to 10 and said, Lord, if you find 10. And I think that he's counting on his fingers, you know, how many in his own family in that city. He's thinking, surely there's 10, and he stopped at 10. Had he known, he might have gone on down to one. Lord, if you can find one, would you spare it for Lot? 
Would you spare the city? Because the Bible does say righteous Lot. The New Testament calls Lot righteous. Righteous Lot vexed his soul by being in that, having to see and hear. And so they, he should have gone on down to one. But Abraham didn't. He stopped at ten. But notice that interaction with God. God was, God was desiring to show mercy, but he needed someone to ask him for the mercy. And a lot of times that's our, our place uh, in, in praying for our family members. A, a lot of times that is that uh, calling on God for mercy, calling on God for the opening of their eyes, calling on taking authority over the mind-blinding of the enemy in their life. Amen? Amen. But I want to look at that interaction. Look at Romans chapter 15 and verse 30. Romans chapter 15 and verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Hallelujah. I beseech. The word beseech is such a strong pleading. It is as if the Apostle Paul is getting down on his feet on his knees, in front of them, at their feet, taking them by their hand, looking up into their eyes. This is what that word, the imagery of that word is. I beseech you, looking at them pleadingly, longingly. I'm asking this with all of my heart, with all that is in it. I beseech you that you would strive together, strive. This word strive means to wrestle with me in prayer, that you would wrestle with me in prayer. I beseech you, brethren, brethren, that you would wrestle together with me. I'm not telling you to do my praying for me. I need somebody to wrestle together in prayer with me in your prayers to God for me. Now, we're not wrestling God. Amen. We're not wrestling against God. We're wrestling against the things that are standing in the way of the will of God in that situation. The things that are obstacles, the things that are hindrances. Wrestling in laying hold of the answer and holding on and clinging to the answer. Laying, bringing, bringing the manifestation of that answer into uh, that life. He says specifically that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. Those who do not believe were causing him a lot of problem. They were stirring up and inciting riots against him. Hallelujah. So he said that I may be delivered and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. He needed prayer against the people that were against him, prayer to be delivered from the people that were against him preaching the gospel and accomplishing and prayer to be accepted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I heard of a ministry that had a radio broadcast broadcasting into a specific country and they had been on the radio for 10 years with very minimal, I mean so, so minimal results. Uh, nobody called in, nobody wrote in, they would offer things, they would, you know, uh, uh, in, encourage people to send in their prayer requests, and this, it was like they were closed to this preaching of the gospel. 
And uh, so a church in California said, we want to begin praying for your broadcast and for your ministry into this nation. And they prayed for that broadcast. They began to pick up in prayer for that radio broadcast. And within a month, they began to be flooded with prayer petitions, prayers of salvation, people open to, to receive more product from that, that, that ministry, more, more of the free things that they were trying to send out. They were, what was the difference? They had been on for like 10 years with nothing. Praise God for their faithfulness, right? With nothing. But when prayer began to be made, tremendous power was made available. It became effective. And it, it, it switched and opened the door. Um, uh, there was a, a time in Minneapolis, Minnesota, that um, Sister Lynn Hammond and her husband, Pastor Mac Hammond, they would try to take their prayer teams to go out. They would go out and witness to people on the streets and pass out gospel tracts. And they were going to take their prayer teams into a certain area. And she said, on one side of the street, people would take our tracts. They'd let us pray with them. They were open to us. They were nice to us. It was something that it, it, it flowed. It was okay. She said, every time we crossed the street, it was just one, one block over, just cross the street to the other block. People wouldn't take a track. They'd throw it down. They'd cuss us out. It was just demonic how it was opposed, how the people would oppose them. And she said, I happened to read a book, and in this book, this man was talking about how that in a certain country, right on the border of the country, there was a city, I think it was in Argentina, and on one side of the city... Um, they, uh, it was the country of Argentina. On the other side, it was another country. And this, this missionary said that when he was ministering on one side of the country, they would be open to him. And on the other side, they were closed to the gospel. He couldn't get anybody to come to the meetings. He couldn't get the gospel out. So he, she read what he did. He went and rented a place on that closed side to pray and she said I went to my husband and I told Pastor Mac we need a building in that block go rent me a building and she said they rented an empty storefront that only had a window and the four walls they didn't bring any furniture into a window a, um, a light fixture and the four walls uh, they, they, they came in they didn't have chairs in there she said, we just went in there every day and prayed in that building. We went, they went in there every day for a couple of months praying through that building, just, just walking around in that building, praying, praying. And one day, the power of God came on the associate minister, one of the prayer ministers there. She said, the power of God came on him, and he walked over and laid his hands on the wall and began to pray against that bar that was on the other side. And I think it was a strip bar. He began to pray against that bar that was on the other side of that wall and, and tear down, just exercising authority. The Spirit of God just came on him and told him what to say. He took authority. He prayed against it. The next day, the bar was boarded up and closed. Out of business. Out of business. 
And she said, from that moment on, she said, on that corner, on, in that square block, there was a, a, a porn shop, there was that strip bar, there was a gay bar, there were all, all the kind of occult, uh, palm reading, different things like that. She said, with, when that bar closed, it just a uh, domino effect. And those things started closing down. She said, you can go to that place today, and it is, got, it is full of quaint shops, nice, beautiful shopping area, that stronghold against the gospel being preached, that entrenchment of the enemy was brought down in prayer. Hallelujah. But they had to get over into a place where they could be led of the Spirit and the Spirit of God. There, there's something that helped me so much that Pastor Nancy Dufresne taught me. She said uh, in, in one of her teachings, she said um, there was a specific attack coming against her life and she had prayed about it and she dealt with it and she had quoted the scripture about it and she had done everything she knew to do as a woman of God, as a believer to, to resist that and she finally said to the Lord, Lord, is it wrong for me to bring this to you? I'm trying to do this in faith and, and my part. Remember, we've got to find out our part. She said, I'm trying to do my part. And if it's wrong for me to bring this to you, just tell me. But she started coming to him with this that she had grabbed a hold of with her faith, but she wasn't seeing anything move and she didn't have that sense of victory. And the Lord said, it's not wrong for, me, for you to bring that. And he told her about how the Apostle Paul had prayed three times about the situation that he was facing. And God's answer to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, use the grace tool. Amen. God didn't say, I'm not helping you. He just gave him the answer of how the help would come into that situation, and it did. Well... He said to her, it's not wrong for you to pray to me about that situation and this is what I can do for you. He gave her an answer. He said, I'm going to put you in the spirit so that you can speak to that. And she said that night when she went into their, they had a prayer meeting at their church and she said, I began to pray. She said, you know, I opened up the prayer meeting. Everybody, you know, took their places, walking, sitting, whatever, kneeling. And she said, I went to where I prayed and I, I, I sat down to pray. And as I did, I was in the spirit. Wow. And the moment that I went into the spirit, I knew I'm, I'm here so that I can deal with things. Now, we can always... We are in the presence of God just with the Father I come in Jesus' name. But there's a time that you recognize He's moved me over into a realm of authority in the Spirit. There's times when you're praying that you can just, you, you begin to sense that shift that I'm not just praying out of my place as a believer, but He's moved me over into a, a place in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And that's what He did for her. But when she got over there, she could speak to it in a different way. She could speak the things that she was trying to move in a different way. And that's what happened to that man in that prayer room that they were praying. The Spirit of God came on him and moved him over into a place where he had the authority to cast that down, to, to pull down that stronghold that was holding back the gospel from being preached there. Hallelujah. 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 Wrestling. Wrestling. So this is why we know this is not necessarily the prayer of faith because I don't have to, to, to hold on with that tenacity 
in that way of, of moving and maneuvering. You know, when you're wrestling, the, the, the whole idea of wrestling is you're always grappling. You're always trying to get the, get the right stronghold. Okay, y'all, I like to watch these shows, these, these video clips about the animals. You know, they got wild animals. And I saw this really interesting video about these two wild bears fighting. Okay, and it was... I mean, somebody was driving down the road in Alaska or somewhere and saw these bears fighting and got their video camera out, and these two bears, it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I was so thrilled. These bears, they were coming at each other, and they were making all their noises, and they were, they were doing, they looked like wrestlers, I'm telling you. They had, they had their arms up. They were standing on both of their hind legs, and they had their arms out, but when they grabbed a hold of each other, they were, both of them, uh, moving to try to get the, the dominion hold, to get the greater hold. And, of course, the biggest bear got the bigger hold, got the greatest hold, and, and conquered and ran the other one off. But that's what we're talking about in prayer. This isn't just I'm receiving something that's mine by covenant. This is something that, is, uh, that I need to reposition my grasp on at times. That I, I'm not letting go of it. I'm picking it up. Uh, George Mueller was a great man of prayer, uh, a, a pioneer of the faith. And uh, it was said of him that if he ever got something on his prayer list, that he would stay with it until he saw results in that area. And someone had said to him concerning a certain man in their city, that that man is beyond hope. That man is such a rotten sinner. That man is so, so he's beyond hope. And they, they said there, there's nothing anybody can do for that man. Well, George Mueller wouldn't settle for that. He wouldn't put up with that. He put that man on his prayer list. He put that person that everybody else thought was such a lost cause. And he began to pray for him. He never saw with his natural eyes but at George Mueller's funeral, that man came and gave his heart to the Lord because God honored his prayer, Amen. his stand. Amen? And so these are the things that we're talking about, that we're going to stay with God in holding on to those uh, concepts and holding on to those specific things that he desires to do. Hallelujah. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 11. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 11. You also helping together by prayer for us. Helping together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Hallelujah. You helping together by prayer. That word helping means to aid along. Helping together by prayer. That is what we can bring to our church family. I have a prayer that pastor has put together. It is printed off at the media center. I ask each of you to stop and pick that up if you haven't already grabbed one out of the media center. And it's a prayer for us possessing our land and our buildings. Mm -hmm. It's not just pastor's faith that can bring a supply to that. 
It's not just one or two people laying hold of that in prayer, but it's the, how much more effective if all of us grab a hold of that and, and bring our aid and our help in prayer for the land and our buildings that God has for us. Are more than enough buildings with more than enough parking and more than enough bathrooms? I mean bathrooms so that when Jesse Duplantis comes to our church, we, we can pack them out. You've got to have bathrooms to have lots of people. You've you got to have parking. Amen? That's what God has in store for us. But how much quicker can we see that manifested as all of us bring a supply to that? So helping together by prayer for us. And then Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He identified the, this situation, and we know it was a situation where he was in, in bondage. He was being held captive. He was uh, in, in prison. He said, I know that this shall turn. I know this shall turn because you're praying for me. Yes, Hallelujah. But through your prayer. Through your prayer. And then finally, I want to end here with Philemon 22. Philemon has one chapter. Timothy, Titus, Titus, Philemon, Hebrew change. So that's how I know where to find it. I sing the song. Thank you, Carmen. Yo, kids, it's on YouTube. You can get it. The 66 books. Hallelujah. So for all of you who are attending Bible college, that's a good way for you to learn your books of the Bible before you have to take the test. Learn the song, and then you can just sit down with your paper and sing the song. One, two, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James. It's a cool song. Okay. Okay, Philemon, <laughs> verse 22. But with all, prepare me also a lodging, <laughs> for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. And go ahead and get the room ready, because I'm coming, because I know you're praying for me. Yes. Well, I know the provision's going to be made. Go ahead and, and, and do in the natural, because I know... The work is already being done in the spirit realm. Amen? Amen? So as we look into this, I want you to, to make yourself available. Like we read this morning, Daniel said, I gave my attention to the Lord. I set my face to seek the Lord. Bring your supply to the Lord. Say, Lord, tell me, show me how to pray in this situation. What would you have me to pray? He told Elijah what to pray. He told Daniel what to pray. There are, are uh, supplies. The Spirit of God's going to lead us specifically to pray in these situations. And that what is what we want to see happen in our life. When, um, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We'll, we'll pause here and I, I will tell you, I didn't get anywhere near done with what I was ministering this morning, nor have I even touched the first page hardly of what I had for tonight. 
So uh, we will continue accessing answers from heaven Amen. in times to come. That's the great thing about being your pastor. We can come back and do this again. Amen. Father, thank you for how you've ministered to us tonight. By your spirit, you've edified us, Lord. You've edified us with your utterances. You've edified us, Lord, with your, uh, um, your light of the word in our life. And Father, I pray for every believer in this maturing, in this maturing, to make their time available to you. Father, that we would see ourselves as the adult children of the creator of this universe. That we would see ourselves as adult children in our Father's business. Yes, and that we would bring our responsibility and our faith, the faith that you've given us to help us bring victory in our finances and victory in our health and victory in our family. Father, we want to bring that faith to your work, to your plan, to your local church, to our pastor, Father, to, to our president, to, to, those, uh, to our mayor, to our governor. Father, praying and taking our place of responsibility in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I believe you've been strengthened, and I believe you've got homework. So let's bring ourselves uh, in prayer to God and, and make ourselves available to Him. Amen? And again, uh, this morning's message, last, Saturday, uh, last Sunday morning's message, are uh, uh, laying the ground for this. Please go back and feed on these messages. They are free. You can get them on the podcast. You can get the CDs ordered. Uh, and uh, uh, begin feeding on them so that you can uh, uh, continue applying the truth of it in our lives. Stand with me to your feet. We're going to declare the vision of our church.